Thessalonians, no, we'll try to keep moving, but we do it a lot. And I, listen, please understand that I know that it's, uh, you know, you have family gatherings and places to go and things, and I understand that. And, and uh, uh, just don't, I don't like people feeling a guilt load or something like that. You know, um, it's different if you're being rancorous toward God. That's a whole different matter. But uh, I want to just stop and say just to me that the Lord's given me some direction this week about the church. And it has to do with this passage of Scripture that we're in. And it has to do with this verse in verse number 22 is what I'm going to be preaching on this morning. Verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. <clears throat> That's an amazing, powerful very serious, but very joy-giving and freedom-giving verse. And it's after that verse that God talks about where we preached on being sanctified spirit, soul, and body, being wholly sanctified. And we talked about this word, and we preached on the word sanctified. The word sanctified is a word that's associated with holy, saint, dedicated, consecrated, other things. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, this week, the Lord put on my heart, I feel, that in the camp meeting, which is going to start on, I believe, the 24th, on a Friday night in May, May 24th, Friday night, and then Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and close out Monday night camp meeting, the theme is going to be, out of the Bible, holiness unto the Lord. Holiness unto the Lord. And I, don't, I think probably maybe it's more for me than anybody. I don't know. But the Lord's been dealing with me about this issue of sanctification. Yeah. But I've really loved it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it's opened my eyes to see that the goals that we want to achieve in our own lives and in the lives of our family and our loved ones, that's how it's going to happen. If you're looking for spiritual blessing, spiritual growth, it's going to happen through sanctification of the Spirit. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's not a set of rules. Amen. It's not a denominational distinctives. And holiness unto the Lord. And, and so this week I, I did a study. I looked up every verse in the Bible on holy and holiness and all of that. And I'm telling you something. I bowed my head and I said, God, forgive me for neglecting this most serious and most prevalent and most important doctrine and uh, emphasis that you have in the Bible. Now, I don't know how this is going to go this morning. Danny's preaching tonight. I, I hope you'll be here if you can. But we're going to start, and I don't know exactly where the Lord's leading, but we're going to talk about the subject of biblical holiness and preach on the subject of biblical holiness. Lord, help us today to preach in a way that pleased you, Lord. Jesus, you said that if you'd be lifted up, all men would be drawn unto you. I pray, God, today that you'll do a work in my heart first, and then, Lord, I pray in the church of biblical holiness and sanctification. Lord, a great work of that spirit, God, that no man can do, not even ourselves. Lord, we ask you to work in us by the power of the Holy Ghost to conform us to the image of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would free us from the bondage of a religious council culture to where we're almost afraid to be associated with certain words that are in the Bible. Lord, forgive me for not preaching more on this. 
I suppose, Lord, because partly because of just what I was around growing up and what I've been around since then, Lord, preaching, but probably, Lord, because I resisted it down deep. And I ask you to forgive me, and I pray, Lord, that you would help me to preach this truth with genuine love. And I ask you, Lord, today that the Holy Spirit of God would preach inwardly in the spirit of these people while I preach outwardly. And I pray, God, it'd be for your glory and their good. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're going to kick off here in just a little bit, a lot of verses up on the Bible, up some more out how we get along. But I think the first question to ask ourselves, first of all, what is holiness? Um, holiness, what is sanctification? Peter talks about sanctification to obedience. It's a life of Christ in the heart lived out in the life. It's working out the salvation that God has given us, in us. It's living out the life of Christ, but it's a work of the Holy Spirit that's done inside my spirit, in my heart, that gives me a glad obedience and surrender and joyful embracing of the Word of God. And it makes me love what God loves. Makes me hate what God hates. Now, it's a big subject. Let me say that holiness is not a set of rules or standards that somebody can impose on you. That's not holiness. Holiness is specifically not spiritual pride because of a knowledge of the Bible, because of maybe God's used you in some way, or maybe your family's all intact, and I don't know what else you might, but it's not spiritual pride. It is certainly not self-righteousness. That's not holiness. The scribes and the Pharisees were self-righteousness, but they were not holy. There's a and holiness is not a false piety, a, a, a show of humility, trying to act religious and humble and so forth. Holiness is not a holier-than-thou attitude. Holiness, the word, the doctrine, is though it's scarcely mentioned in churches today. Most Christian people would not want to be associated. Are you among those holy people? And you're like, no, not me. We don't even want to be called saints anymore for fear it might put stigma to us. We don't even want to claim to be sanctified for fear that it might make us look a little too religious. And yet, these are Bible words. It's scarcely mentioned, church. In fact, holiness is often mocked. <laughs> holiness is often somebody who, who desires biblical holiness is painted out as being a Pharisee or self-righteous. Yep. Yeah. Just because they won't obey the Bible. Yep. It is mocked and scorned. It's misrepresented. It's maligned. And yet, it's one of the most prominent themes and doctrines in the Bible, both about the nature and character of God and the nature and character and the goal of Christianity, holiness. The words holy, sanctified, consecrate, dedicate, saints, all these words are surrounded the issue of holiness. And what this means in a, just a clear-cut definition would be this, to be set apart from this world and its ways, to be set apart from your own self and from sin, 
to be set apart unto the Lord for his purposes of your life. <clears throat> I used the illustration a couple of weeks ago in this issue about how a spouse is to be set apart unto that spouse. And we get that. That's why God put marriage like it is. That's why Satan wants to distort marriage. And so you lose the picture of us being set apart to Christ as his. Put up on the, on the wall, Leviticus 20, 26, if you will, Brother Joel. Leviticus 20, 26. I want you to watch this verse. And ye shall be holy unto me. Now listen, church, I'm going to tell you something. I'm as happy as a, a hog in a mud hole, okay? But I'm also as serious as death. Because I've been studying this, and I've had to bow my head and say, God, forgive me. <clears throat> I want to get something out of the way. The devil, he's slick. If you're an independent fundamental Baptist, they've got their rules and standards. If you're in the holiness, Church of God holiness, they've got their standards. If you're in the charismatic, they got theirs. If you're in the Nazarene, they got their sanctified holiness. All these different groups got all this stuff, and if we're not careful, it becomes our stuff. Right. Yeah. And everybody's kind of got their little area. You ever notice that? I'm not interested in any of that. I'm interested in what the Bible says. Amen. I'm not interested in following somebody's denominational lingo. And I can tell you right now, there's problems in all of them. They're deep problems. And I've, I know enough people. I'm in contact with enough preachers. I'm in contact with enough people. They got everybody, we got serious problems in America. And if, and if you go after holiness, Satan's going to come in and try to distort it. But what I'm looking for and what I want to lead, I want God to lead me and, and hopefully lead this church is to a truly biblical deal. Because I can tell you right now, Don, you were raised in Nazarene, right? And I can tell you something about you. You kind of have an aversion to holiness, right? Am I telling the truth or not? He's nodding his head. And I know why I'm not going to go into that. But I'm telling you, you can go into a church and, and, and they're all about, well, if you ain't spoken tongues, you're not, you know, you ain't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And if you've ever been brought out of that and you've went through that circus... You're kind of having a version. Well, I won't be around that. And if you get over here in this deal and uh, church got a holiness, you don't have hair down your waist and you don't have you know, blah, blah, blah. And maybe, but you feel like, I, I know some guys that was raised in a church got a holiness and I knew their ancestors. And I met, I didn't even know these guys were in Missouri and I met them here a few years ago, just actually through a business situation, found out we were related found out that they had left out of the Church of God Holiness movement because of its works basis on outward appearance. They did not know grace. And I can tell you something, they had a tinge of bitterness in them of how they were raised that if you didn't dress certain such a way, you wouldn't go to heaven. Let me tell you how bad things can get in holiness. I had an aunt. Her name was Margaret. She was married to my mother's brother. And in carrying her fourth child, uh, she couldn't deliver it. And she had gotten involved with a, a, a Church of God holiness group. Now, I'm not putting anybody down. So don't, don't get, don't, you, you on the line, just keep cool, all right? <clears throat> but she had people, there was a sect within the sect that taught that you don't use doctors. <clears throat> and that if you used a doctor, you were lost. <laughs> and she could not deliver that child and for three days, she laid at home with that child partially out of her body and died, both her and the child. Yeah. While she was suffering in that situation, 
the elders of the church came to her house and told her that if she, this is my mama's testimony. So I know my mama know what she's talking about, okay? So they told her that if she called the doctor, she'd bust hell wide open. My mama had an aversion to that, strong aversion to that. If you're not careful, you will attend church over the years and you'll get into maybe this group mentality that this is the, and it may not be that there's anything wrong and there's a lot of biblical truth in it, but if you're not careful, it carries itself into where we really miss the real deal that's deep inside the heart. Yes. I want you to look at this verse, and ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy. But I tell you, people didn't get back to understanding that one, the greatest characteristic of God Almighty is He's holy. Amen. He is holy. And have severed you, everybody watching. Look at this. And have severed. What's that mean? Cut you, off. cut you out. He cut you away from the herd. He separated you away from the world. When God saved Egypt, he did not save the Israelites out of Egypt. He didn't, when he saved them with the blood over the Passover door, he didn't leave them in Egypt and say, now y'all be good testimony with these folks down here. He took them out. Amen. Jesus said, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Now, one of the greatest challenges in life is being in the world, but being separated to God. This is where sanctification comes in. How are you going to work next, next to a guy who's got a Playboy magazine or some kind of watching pornography? He's cusses like a sailor all the time. I don't know, Brother Orland, why, why do we say cuss like a sailor? Okay. All right. Okay. But, but you, you're next to that and you love the Lord. How are you going to deal with this? And he hates your faith. Or you're dealing with people. I mean, I, I, I literally, I deal with people. This week, I've had people call me every name, maybe on Facebook. Yeah. How are you going to deal with this? I am telling you, the way to deal with it is by sanctification of the Spirit of God. It is not a set of liberty faith rules. It is not a denominational set of rules. It is the Spirit of God that will work in accordance with the Word of God, not contrary to or in addition to. And he will produce biblical holiness in our lives. But I want to ask you a question right now before we get going. Because we may go for a few weeks on this. Because I'm going to preach on biblical, biblical holiness of the heart. Biblical holiness of the tongue. Biblical holiness of all these different issues of life. Biblical holiness in our business dealings. And what I want you to ask yourself this morning is this question. Would you be ashamed to be attached to a church that, exempt, that exalts and preaches and teaches and encourages biblical holiness. No, no. No. Would it embarrass you if somebody walked up and said, you know, hey, you go over there and they, they preach holiness. Where is your, when really down inside, does it, would it bother you if I walked up to you to business with a saint? Or, or if I said brother or sister? We need to ask ourselves, if we're not careful, we're sitting in church, you don't play the game, but we don't want to be too, we don't want to be too holy. We don't want to be too sanctified. 
But I'm not talking really about that even as much as I'm talking about what God's doing down in the heart to where he produces by the power of the Holy Spirit, not my flesh effort, but by praying and seeking God and reading his word and asking God to do a work in my heart, in my mind, to make me where I have a happy and joyful, obedient spirit to the word of God. And if I find out that that matches the word of God, I'm happy to do that, God. It is not a problem. This is where God wants to take us. And I'm telling you, that's why a lot of folks don't have really bubbling joy is because they fight in holiness all the time. God is holy. And he said, I'm, he said, you shall be holy unto me for I'm holy and have severed you from other people that you should be what? Isn't that not what happened when you got married? You were severed from other people and you became your spouses. Amen. It's the picture of marriage, Christ and the church. Exodus chapter three, verse number five, God told, by the way, this, the, watch this, this is the first time holy is ever mentioned in the Bible. God told Moses, take your shoes off for the ground thou standest thereon is holy. holy. Your ancestors in American Christianity had a statement that was prevalent through all denominations at one time. And here it is. All ground is holy ground. Amen. Church ground, home ground, work ground. Yeah. Entertainment ground, yeah. pleasure ground, yeah. taking a trip ground. Yeah. Everywhere you're at is holy ground. That's why this is the very, it's the, it's the principle of first mention in the Bible. What is God telling you? The ground you're on is holy ground. Just because you walk out of this church doesn't change it for the child of God. Amen. God wants us to live holy lives. He's not talking about you putting on this outward religious dog. He's talking about from honestly inside, we have an humble, believing heart that loves the Lord and wants to obey God. And we love God more than this world. And we're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. And we love our Savior. And we want to have a happy obedience. And nobody's forcing us to do this. I'd hate for Karen to say I'm staying with you because I'm supposed to. I'd hate that. It would crush her, I'm sure, if I just said to her one night, I'm here, but I don't want to be. But I said I'd stay till death did me part, so I'm just going to endure it to the end. That's not a marriage. That's not a relationship. I don't want to serve God because that's what, well, the preacher Reggie, he expects us to do this. When's it going to come to you start believing the Bible yourself? When's it going to come to where there's an issue that pops up and, and you're going to say, you know what? I want to be holy about this. It doesn't mean, ooh, I'm holy. No, I just want to obey God. I want to do right because of who lives in me. A work of the Holy Spirit that I'm happy and I know it's for my good and for God's glory. There were places in the Bible that were holy. There were garments in the Bible that were holy. Holy is to be set apart unto God, unto happy obedience. The Holy Spirit of God giving us the word of God and leading us to an abundant life. The Bible teaches us, you know, about make it sanctify them by thy truth, Jesus said. Thy word is truth. In a special sense, meaning that we belong to God. How many saved in here? If you're saved, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. You belong to Jesus Christ. You've been redeemed by his blood. You don't belong to this world. No more than your spouse belongs to another person. A saved person is a purchased possession. Holiness is vitally and initially, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely connected to righteousness and purity and cleanliness of heart, soul, and body. 
in every area of life. All right, we're going to start on these scriptures, and I don't know how this is going to go. I tell you, I've never seen anybody could preach 15 minutes and say nothing like I can. Revelation 2 and 20, I just go and write these scriptures down. I want to tell you something. You want a blessing? You write these scriptures down and read them this week. Revelation 22, 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. This is talking about the end of time. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Revelation chapter 20, verse number six, blessed and holy. Watch this. Hey, pay attention. Well, I mean, get this. Blessed holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Right. Now, let me give you something. Right, write this down. Holiness, there is, there's, there's two aspects of holiness in the Bible. One is positional holiness. The other is practical holiness. Positional holiness is when God put me in Christ. When I called upon him in faith, believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, I was placed positionally in Christ. If any man be where? In Christ. Read your book of Ephesians. In Christ. In whom? In Christ. In Christ. When you got saved, you put in Christ. But God also, when he did that, he put Christ in you. The hope of glory. The two shall be one. And the Bible speaks of the situation where we belong to the Lord and the Lord belongs to us. And that's positional. Watch this here. God, when you believed on Jesus Christ as your Savior received him, he imputed to you, he put to your account before the record of God, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me tell you something. At my age and at this state in life, one of the greatest blessings I have is that when I sin, and I do, with frequency. All right? You think every thought I have is right? You think every attitude I have is right? You think every word I say is right? To him that knoweth, you think, you think I always do everything I know that's good? To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I can't even know all the sins I'm committing. The thing that holds me up in that storm when Satan attacks me and says, you're a preacher, you've been preaching for 40 years and you're still, blah, 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 blah. You know what I say? It's not my righteousness, devil. It's his righteousness imputed to me by faith in Christ. That's my salvation. It never was about how good I could be. It never was. And so I have a position of holiness. I have been set apart in Christ in God. That's positional holiness. Now listen to me carefully. If a person truly has positional holiness in Christ set apart unto God, purchased by his blood, it will produce practical holiness, not rebellion. If you truly are saved and have imputed righteousness and have been made holy, positioned in Christ, it will always, not just in some people, the Holy Ghost will always be working to produce practical, biblical holiness in the heart, mind, and life of, the, of that person. And if that is not there, you are not saved. Amen. I'm not trying to be mean about that. I'm just saying you better examine yourself fast and hard. 
Because I'm telling you, it is a natural as, and biblical outcome of the thing. Be, con, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is, this is sanctification. This is holiness being developed in your life as you yield and surrender and love God. By the way, can I say to you, holiness, sanctification, all of this is based on love. Amen. If I love Karen, it is not a problem for me to want to be with her every day, every night of my life. Amen. It's not a problem for me to stay away from other women. If I love my wife, it's not a problem for you to love practical sanctification if you love your Lord Jesus. Amen. Just the facts of it. Amen. Yes. Now, let me say something. I am not negating the fact that you still have a flesh nature. We're not saying that you get rid of your flesh nature because you ain't. You're going to have that old raven will fly every chance he gets. So we're not talking about negating that or not. But I'm going to say something where I've been wrong somewhat, not intentionally. God knows in this church, I have overemphasized, Brother Terry, the flesh. And, you know, we just have a flesh nature. And you know, you're just going to have a flesh nature. Why don't we quit emphasizing that we have a flesh nature and acting like, well, you know, I just got a flesh nature. And why don't we start emphasizing that I have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit can have me, help me to conquer and have victory over and power over my flesh. And quit this attitude that, well, you know, we all got a flesh nature. Yeah, Brother Jim, I got mad again, but, you know, I just got an old flesh nature. My old raven, he flew out on me this morning. Amen. Why don't I get an attitude of God? I'm not going to be content to live there any longer. Amen. I want the Holy Spirit of God yes. having power in my life that I can have power. I'll tell you something. What, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, I don't know about you, but those verses get my goat. <laughs> Amen. So what I'm talking about this morning is we're not talking about negating that. Let's go on here. Uh, let, let's go to the next one, guys. What do we got? To, uh, Revelation 4, 1 through 11. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. The first voice which I heard was the trumpet come up and said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now as immediately in the spirit, behold, a throne was set in heaven, one set on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper, a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow around about the throne, the side of all. By the way, there's a reason the queers, like, but their rainbow is not the rainbow of the Bible. How many knows that? But they want to steal. Boy, you, listen, that, I, you know how I know, if I didn't know anything else, I know that the sodomite movement is to its core out of the bowels of hell because of their thievery of the scene of the throne of Almighty God. It is a continued attempt of Satan to overthrow people's, the throne of God in the hearts of human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I read you don't chase that rabbit trail. But you know what you're looking at here? You're looking at a picture of where you're going when you die if you were saved. You're going into President Revelation chapter four starts out. Watch this. Out of the throne proceed lightnings. Anyway, thunderings, voices, seven lamps, fire burning, before the throne which the seven spirits of God going up. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like in the crystal, and the midst of the throne, around about the throne, four beasts full of eyes before and behind. 
And the first beast is like a lion, the second beast is like a calf, third beast is like a face of man, fourth beast is like a flying evil. Eagle. And the four beasts each had their six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and the rest not day and night saying, God is love, God is love, God is love. If you had America to say what was supposed to be said, they'd be telling you, God's love, God's love, God's love. You know what in God is love? But that's not what they're crying because God's love rests upon the foundation of his holiness. And don't you ever forget that. Because if you have a love that is not foundation upon the holiness of Almighty God, it all collapses and we're all gone to hell. The greatest characteristic of Almighty God is not that he loves you, that he's holy. Because if he was holy, he couldn't even love. If he was not holy, he couldn't even love you. I got so much to preach, I don't know what to do. Anyway, here we go. Oh. Amen. Amen. God, what do we think we are? Who do we think we are? Who do we think we are? And those around the throne are bowing their heads. Yes. And they rest not. Holy. Holy. Holy, Lord God. I tell you, we did a fresh view of the holiness of God. It fixed so much junk so fast. I'm telling you, we need to quit preaching on junk and preach on the holiness of God. If people could just once again see the holiness of God, these little issues wouldn't be big. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be little termites bothering you. You'd gladly give up what this world offers you if you ever got a glimpse. Oh, God, give us a glimpse of thy holiness. I, I don't know how to say this. I had a man talk to me yesterday, my heart broke. He was telling me about a church situation and he said, Reggie, there's about nobody going there now. We're very few compared to what was and all kinds of troubles and lots of discouragement, okay? Now here's a weird deal to me. Now, I don't understand a lot of stuff. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't understand everything God does, why he does, how he does. Yeah. But ever since COVID, most of the preachers I know across the country, a lot of their churches have literally went down hard. People never came back. Yeah. This church did nothing but grow since COVID hit. As far as this church goes, COVID is the best thing ever happened to it. Just as far as temporary deals going on in the world. I don't know what happened. But this church grew ever since COVID hit. But I know preacher after preach, uh, preacher and church after church, that there's this, they're just weeping. They're crying and say, Reggie, there's no interest. They could care less. I can't get people interested in doing nothing. You come up with an idea, let's do this. Then nobody wants to do nothing. They ask, Reggie, how, how do you get to, I say, I don't get them to do it. I don't. Whatever's going on in this church is by the power of the Holy Ghost of God Almighty. I promise you that. But my heart breaks and I think about these things because let me just tell you, brothers and sisters, it can happen here. 
just as fast as it can happen anywhere else, there can become this lethargic, disinterest, worldly-minded, getting away, God's just a good old boy upstairs, and he's got to understand my disobedience and rebellion and my love for the world and my love for my own life. And as people do that, the Holy Ghost moves back. And pretty soon, Ichabod is written across the top of that door. And I am telling you something right now. My heart is burdened. If there's ever been a time in American history when preachers and churches ought to be on fire for God Almighty and proclaiming the holiness of Almighty God, it is now, not next week, amen. My goodness, I don't know how to do I've got that page of scriptures and that page of scriptures. What am I going to do? Thank you, sister. I'll be like that beagle dog. I'm going to get on the train. Well, let's go a while anyway. Here we go. Uh, let's go to Jude, verse number 20. But beloved, building yourselves up in your most what? Holy faith. Our faith is not just another faith. It's a holy faith based upon a holy God who has sent his Holy Spirit, who wrote the Holy Bible for holy saints. Holiness. I'm going to tell you right now. How many, how many knows what, I think I know what woke means. I, but I really know what council culture means. Council culture means that you're not supposed to say certain things that might offend some snowflake. Is that right? Is that kind of the way it is? And the culture, watch this, but you know what God showed me this week? Hey, Reggie, council culture came into the church way before it came into your nation because you're afraid to say holiness for fear of people think you're getting off on the deep end somewhere. You're afraid to say sanctified. Holy. Amen. You're afraid to be really identified as sanctified one, a holy one. You've been canceled by the very, very religious world that you're laboring in. You've let other preachers and other ministries counsel you out. You, you grew up, I mean, I did, the last thing I wanted to be was, are you a holy person? And you know what? My tendency is that, is that no, God's holy, but I'm not. And I, but see, I, but I, well, I'm talking about practical outliving holiness. Because you see, the inward positional sanctification manifests itself in the outward spirit, soul, body. And if you don't do certain things in certain places, don't dress certain ways in certain places, you will get counseled. And you'll be called holier than thou. And they'll twist and malign and misrepresent what true biblical, you know, just because you want to dress like a man and look like a man, they're going to cancel you out. So you're going to go get you a unisex haircut. Huh? You know what really makes me sick? I'm about on a, I'm about on a banana roll, amen? <laughs> makes me sick to my stomach is the destruction of biblical masculinity that's went on in this land. Average man's afraid to be a man in this country. Average man is afraid to be the head of his home. Amen. Average man in America lets his wife run things, and that's a fact. Yes. Yes. Biblical manhood 
You ain't supposed to be that. You're a male chauvinist pig. You're from some other century. I've, had, I've done weddings where the, where the couple come and says, now, could we see the vows before you marry us? Because we don't want that part into where, where I'm supposed to obey him. Do you know your Bible still says that the wife still bear her husband? Did you know it still says the husband goes to love his wife? The real problem is not the women. The problem is the men because the men have been nothing but flesh chasers and women chasers and whoremongers and adulterers and haven't been faithful to their wives. So the wives have rebelled against their concept of masculinity. I don't even know how I got off on all this. I don't know where I'm at. I'm going to preach it though. Amen. Because men have not been biblical in loving their wives and all they do is see men as guys just chasing from one woman to another woman, not loving their wife, not cherishing her, not taking care of her, not being exclusive to her, not being intimate to her, but they see his wandering eyes and he's always after some woman and they see that and so they detest what they perceive as being manhood. So if you're not going to be a man, we'll take over. Amen. Amen. And men are such wimps nowadays that they let them take over. Yeah. Honey, you go. You take the kids and go on to church. Yeah. Wife tells them how it's going to be behind the door. Come on. Wives have become professional manipulators. <laughs> and we got so far away from holiness. You know what holiness is? Loving your wife as Christ loved the church. You know what holiness is? Obeying your husband as unto the Lord. That's a powerful statement. Anybody think that I ought to obey the Lord as a pastor? Anybody think the church ought to have Christ as the head and obey Christ? Yeah, he said, as unto the Lord. No, I want to tell you something. I don't know what in the world's going on, but I think we're getting ready to take a journey. And the theme of the camp meeting this year is going to be holiness unto the Lord. And I'm, way, I'm looking forward to God doing a great, great work. It's going to be a joy and it's going to set people free and going to get people lined back up on the highway of holiness. Which is a happy journey and a happy road to travel. Amen. Folks, it's 11.47 and I'm not even off the first page. I don't know what to do. Boy, oh boy. Mm. This is a remote. <laughs> no, he's not. Honey, turn that off. Anyway, man, it's 11.47. I can't believe this. First Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Talking about this world's going to be dissolved. What man of persons you ought to be in what? All holy conversation and godliness. That's your entire life. The way you live. The way you talk, where you go. All you do, holiness. Second Peter 2.21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Second Peter 3.2. That, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of the apostles our Lord and Savior. The prophets were called holy. They weren't just a bunch of guys. Second Peter 1.21. Watch this. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But what kind of men? Holy. holy men of God. Holy men of God. I bowed my head and I said, Lord, I'm a sorry, worthless, low down, hell deserving scumbag. But God, would you raise up in America some holy men of God? That's all. The, listen, I, 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 
I want to vote conservative and you and all that stuff, but I'm going to tell you Donald Trump and 40 guys like him ain't going to save this country. Let me tell you what's going to save this country is righteousness and holiness of the people. We've only got a president like we want. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They were in touch with God. They were living in such a way that God could use them. First Peter chapter three, verse number five. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women, holy women, also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husband, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as you do. Well enough. And I'm telling you, every, wife, every, every young lady, every mother, every wife ought to read First Peter chapter 3. Take it, oh, word by word and pray over it and say, oh, God, I want to be not some holy, holy looking woman out in church that acts pious. But God, I tell you, if nobody else in the world knows it, I want you to know it down inside. Yes. Lord, I want to live holy before you. First yes. Peter 2, 9. But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people. Different. Amen. That you should what? Show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Chapter one, verse number two. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Watch this verse. This is my theme verse right here. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto what? There it is. There it is. And sprinkling of the blood. By the way, we'll get into this today. But in the Old Testament and even in the book of Revelation, blood is connected to holiness. Blood of Christ, the blood of the sacrifices, is connected intimately with holiness. Sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling the blood of Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, First Peter, what did I get there? Uh, 15 and 16. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. But he which is called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And this is what we're going to be looking at next few weeks. All the different areas of life. All the different areas of life. Lord willing. Verse number 16. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. I want to take off the stigma of desiring holiness. I want it to be a common thing in this church that I don't want no self-righteousness. I don't want no junk. I'm just looking for humble, honest, Lord, we just want to live biblically holy before you. That doesn't mean we're somebody better than anybody. In fact, it makes it, it's that we know who we are and we're nothing apart from Christ. But we want to be conformed to the image of Christ and obedient to his word. Let me just give you this. The reason the church has no influence in this country is because we have forsaken biblical holiness. You only have influence as an individual Christian to the degree of the biblical holiness that's living out through your life. Where are we at? 115. 
Titus 1.8. But a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. Talk about men. Titus 2.3. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior, as becometh what? Holiness. Not false accusers, all that kind of stuff. Go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 10. For they fairly for a few days chasing us after their own pleasure, but God chases us for what? For our profit that we might be partakers of his what? Listen, when God is chastising you as a child of God, he's doing it that you may be partakers of his holiness. This is God's will for you and I. No doubt about it. It is biblical. Verse number 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Would you say, would you agree with me that holiness is important? Yeah. Would you agree with me that I have failed in preaching yeah. holiness? Did you know why I've been averted to it? Because of some of the things that I was raised around and knew about and saw. And I saw like, you know, I don't want to be connected to that. Because I, had to, I don't want to be looked at as trying to be holier now. And then on the other side, went over and, and here, here's where, here's, here's, I'm going to show you this. I'm just going to be honest. People don't lie, I can't help it. The independent fundamental Baptist movement has the biblical doctrine down about salvation down better than anybody I know. I'm telling you. That's a fact. And there's great men in that movement like Larry Brown. Okay, we like him or not. He's a great man of God. Ronnie said, a lot of great men. In fact, I heard uh, one of Clarence Sexton. He died. Uh, did he die recently? I tell you, he made a statement this week, blowed me, blowed me out of the water. A lot of great men that have held up the banner of truth in this country in that. But here's one of their problems. They had had, they kind of got this set of rules that if you're going to be an independent fundamental Baptist, this is how you're going to look, talk, and act. And it wasn't, even though most of it sprung from the Bible, it was more like you do it because we say, not because the Bible says. That will produce rebellion in your children. I am after the work of the Holy Spirit. I want your child and my child and I want Reg Kelly to do right because God's telling me, not because somebody said, well, that you'll get looked down upon if you do this or that. I'm looking for genuine liberty in the Lord and freedom in Jesus Christ. I'm at a hard time. Oh, let's see, where are we at? Uh, Hebrews 12, 2 Timothy 3, 15. And then from the child that has known, what kind of scriptures? The holy scriptures. Our scriptures are holy. 2 Timothy 1, 19. <clears throat> 1, 19. If you can move it on up there, boys, just a little bit to verse 19. There we go. Is there not a verse 19? <laughs> That's probably why he didn't put it there. Not a verse 19. I'm sorry. I don't, I've got the wrong reference. 1 Timothy 2, verse number 8. We'll try that. 1 Timothy 2, verse number 8. Well, well, maybe. Okay, you got it. You got it. I'm sorry. I will therefore the men pray everywhere. How? What kind of hands? Clean hands. Separated unto God hands. Without wrath and without doubting. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.19. There it is. I'm sorry, Joel. Boy, appreciate you guys keeping me straightened up. Verse, still not there. Okay, let's go on. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. I don't know where I'm at. 
Oh, there you go. Verse number nine. There it is. Who has saved us and called us with what kind of calling? Holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You don't need anything to blow your mind. There it is. 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's go, let's go there. Maybe I'll get lined up again. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but in power and in the what? I'm going to tell you something, folks. We're going to preach the gospel without the power of the Holy Ghost. We're wasting our time. Amen. Go ahead the next one. 1 4, or uh, 3 13, I'm sorry. 3 13. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in what? Holiness before God. That's the key right there. Underline that. Holiness before God. It doesn't matter what Reggie thinks. Holiness before God. 4 7. God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto what? Holiness. Holiness. Please, please, please. Even while I'm preaching, it's like I'm fighting a satanic spirit that they're going to take this as they're supposed to act holy. That's not it. Actions will be a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. Not because we decided, oh, you know, I'm going to act holy. Uh, where are we at, guys? I don't even know. Chapter 4. Romans 6. I speak after the man of men because of your infirmity of flesh, but as you've yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity and to iniquity, that's what you did in the past, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Verse 22. But now be made free from sin, become servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness. Romans 1, 4. Look at this. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of what? That's what I'm after. 7, 12. For, everybody gets this. Good. Land 11. Wherefore the law is what? Oh. Quit having a bad attitude toward the law. God never told you in the Old Testament or in the New Testament that you were saved by the keeping of the law. Anybody tells you they were saved in the Old Testament by keeping the law, they do not know their Bible. Adam and Eve were saved by grace through a substitute, God-appointed and God-given substitute. First people ever sinned were saved by a God-given appointed substitute. Cain and Abel knew to bring offerings. Abel knew to bring a God-appointed blood sacrifice substitute. There was never, they were never saved by the law, and that, by the way, was before Moses ever got the law upon Mount Sinai. But the law is what? Holy. holy. When God said thou shalt not commit adultery, that's good. That's holy. When God said thou shalt not steal, that's holy. When God said honor thy father and thy mother, that's holy. It's good. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 12.1. Uh, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, <laughs> holy, set apart unto him. Amen. Not spiritually higher than anybody, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the ruin of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. One more, Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy 
in the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't tell you what, folks, it's 12 o'clock. And if I was to preach what I want to preach, you would not get out of here to one or probably after. Because I'm on page three of, of 10. <laughs> and ain't no way I can preach it. And I want to be, you know, and I can tell you something about too. You can be preaching and the Holy Spirit gets out of it yep. and says, time to go home, time to get done. You need to get done. And I've kind of got a problem about that. I think I got to finish what I felt God gave me and I, it don't work. And I don't feel at freedom, at liberty to go ahead and preach this right now. I just don't. And it's not because it's Christmas Eve or nothing like that. There's just too much here to cover. What I would like to have done probably was preach tonight and finished it out tonight. But I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to come back in next Sunday and we'll, we'll try to work and finish on this. I think I can finish it next Sunday. But here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to meditate and think on this. We're not talking about you walking into town looking different than everybody else so everybody can look at you and think you're holy. That's right. We're not talking about you talking to somebody trying to do business and saying, well, I go to church here and I do this and I'm a Christian and, you and you're just setting them up to cheat, cheat them. I don't know how many people in my life I've said, Reggie, I can't stand preachers. They always think they get a discount or they always talk to you. Their preacher talks so they can get you, so you trust them. That's not holy. That's rot. And I, I, I don't know how to tell you all this. I'm scared. I fear the Lord more than I fear you people. I don't fear you people. I love you, but I don't fear you. And the Lord's really been dealing with me about this. Amen. So, Reggie, I want you to leave them people, but you can't leave them where you're not going. You cannot leave them where you're not at. And, and I'll tell you, Brother Ben, I want God to do a sanctifying work in here that affects here, 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 that affects every area of my life. It is not some spooky, spooky, mystical something in church deal we're talking here. But we are talking about probably, I, I, I can promise you this, unless God changes my mind, I will never give an open invitation during this set of messages. You know why? I want it all to be you and God. I don't want nothing going on, no, no appearance. And you may feel like I need to, it's, it's always open. I don't mean that, but you don't see me say, oh, you come and ask God, you do it right there. You do it at your house. I'll tell you where you're going to get some help, and that's out in the backside of your farm or sitting back there in your house somewhere reading the Bible and say, God, preacher's preaching on holiness, and I don't, maybe I don't, I don't know a whole lot about this deal. Hadn't been taught very much there. But God, you talk a lot about it. Folks, I want to tell you, the, whole, the Bible is so full of it, it's amazing. Yeah. And through the oldest, one of the reasons I did what I did this morning, I'm going to let you go in a little bit. I took you backwards through the Old Testament. And the reason I did that, I didn't want to start in the Old Testament and people and the devil say, well, that was Old Testament stuff. Right. We're under grace now. We can blah, blah, blah. Uh -uh. You should live higher under grace Amen. and cleaner under grace Amen. than they ever did under the law. But we're going to go back and see that this has been the foundational issue of all God does all through his work with humanity. It all rests upon his holiness. And that holiness 
will work itself out in practical terms. Holiness will make me tell a man the truth if I'm in a business exchange with him. It will make me tell what I would want to know if I was buying it. Holiness will make my tongue not say lies. Holiness will make my tongue tell the truth. Holiness will hold my tongue when it would do damage to a brother. It's not necessary to be said. Holiness will make me want to close my ear off to stuff that's of the world ain't right, nasty. Holiness will make my eyes not to want to view that which would be unholy and displeasing to God. We're on a wonderful journey. I hope right now that you'll bow with me in prayer as we dismiss. I want to invite you to pray and say, Lord, I want to go on this journey with you on the highway of holiness, not to be some big somebody impressing other people. That's not what we're after. Lord, just a genuine inside the heart. God, I want to be an honest person. I want to be a person that lives a true Christian faith with a happy heart, not griping about it, glad for holiness. Join me in prayer, if you will. Father, I was kind of afraid of this that I get, wouldn't get too far. But I'm glad you give me more than I can get out. I'd hate to be standing up here, Lord, and wondering what I'm going to say in the next 10 minutes. Now, Lord, the heart is desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. Who can know it? But Lord, you search the hearts. And I'm glad. And I want to thank you, Lord, today that you're a holy God. That based upon that holiness is your justice and your righteousness and your love and your mercy and all that you are. Rest upon the eternal rock of the holiness of Almighty God. Oh, God, I'm so glad this morning that a holy God is going to throw the devil in the lake of fire. That a holy God is going to recompense evil. That he'll execute vengeance. And he'll settle everything with holy justice. God, I thank you for your holy mercy. Now, Lord, I pray as we begin this journey, first of all, that you'll give us a desire, give us grace, a desire to seek holiness in the scripture. Keep us from self-righteousness. Keep us from false piety. Keep us from any kind of outward show to try to impress anybody. But God, I would pray that not only inwardly, but also outwardly, that your holiness would be manifested in our lives. Grow us, Lord, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and help us, Lord, to not be ashamed of the Holy Spirit's sanctifying work in us, not be ashamed of holiness, and to realize the seriousness with which you take this issue. Lord, we just read holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. 
We just read, Lord, where it said, be ye holy, for I am holy. And Lord, I just believe with all my heart, and I know for a fact, that truly biblical holy people are a happy people. They in tune with their Creator. They in tune with their Redeemer. So God, I pray, bless this reading of your word. And God, I pray, I, I think right now, Lord, just, I can't help but think, Lord, did it come into my mind, unfeigned love of the brethren. Lord, if we're truly holy in spirit, we're not putting on the dog about how we love them, but we mean it. It's real. We don't have to play games. So Lord, I invite you to break my fleshly resistance against holiness. God, forgive me for being kind of ashamed to be connected to biblical holiness. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for never using the word saint, for hardly ever saying sanctification. God, help us just because some folks got off the rail a little bit. Help us not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So, Lord, we love you today. Pray that this message would help us. And, Lord, I tell you, uh, when the devil attacks us this week and tries to tell us uh, that this, whatever he lies to us about, Lord, help us to recognize it and cast it down immediately. God, thank you so much. You're so good. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's